Brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You have faith in God, have faith also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If there were not, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back again and take you to myself, so that where I am, you also may be. Where I am going, you know the way. Thomas said to him, Master, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, then you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Master, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you for so long a time, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me is doing his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe because of the works themselves. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and will do greater ones than these because I am going to the Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. During this time of viral pandemic, quarantine, stay-at-home orders, one of the things that has changed is our vocabulary. There's a bunch of things that previously were not really part of our everyday language or conversations like the word essential, essential services, essential employees, essential businesses. The term is meant to describe what's the most important things that are available, the the basics that we need to maintain order, to provide stability, to even survive. Government officials have justifiably found themselves in controversy over their determinations and their executive orders about what exactly is essential. When it was hospitals and medical facilities and police, fire, rescue services, people completely understood. Obviously, they need to be open. Grocery stores, pharmacies, gas stations too. Of course, people needed to get those things just in order to maintain the very basics of day-to-day life. Banks, hardware stores, laundromats, yeah, people can understand why those would be included too. 
car dealerships, um, liquor stores. Wait a minute. Dog groomers. So the dog can get a haircut, but we can't. Um, okay, those appear to be a little bit more subjective and open to interpretation and debate, and that's caused just a little bit of frustration. As difficult a time as this has been and continues to be, putting all that aside, that noise, the incomprehensible and ridiculous decisions, what is essential is something that people are finding themselves asking as well. In a time of economic uncertainty, unemployment, people are looking at their finances and asking, what's essential? What can wait? What's a luxury? Seeing and hearing and experiencing friends and loved ones dealing with this sickness is a a sobering way of us looking at what we considered problems and difficulties with fresh eyes and hopefully having a, a deeper gratitude for our health and safety and the health and safety of those that we love. Definitely those things are essential. What about the questions of life itself? I can already sense people are running to their mouses and screams, getting ready to shut the live stream off. One of the many drawbacks to celebrating mass online. We don't want to think about this. Not today, not ever. But we really don't have a choice. It's the great question that philosophers and theologians ponder on a good day and the rest of the world tries to ignore. That as self-aware beings, we know that at some point we're going to die. We might lie to ourselves thinking it's never going to happen. We might fill our lives with things, with activities, with noise, with people. We found all sorts of ways to distract or numb ourselves to not be disturbed by that reality in the day-to-day ordinary routine of life. But during a a viral pandemic where a lot of those things have been deemed non-essential, except alcohol and marijuana, remember that. The government thinks that liquor and marijuana are essential. But whenever we hear the, the, the news and we keep seeing that speaking of death, how many people have died, where in the world it's worse and then in other places, it's hard to avoid that very difficult question, which is exactly what the disciples were dealing with in this gospel. Despite the fact that we're still in the Easter season, we're still celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ being risen from the dead, the church gives us this reading that places us right back in the upper room on Holy Thursday night at the Last Supper. It's a tense atmosphere. It's a room that's filled with fear and worry and anxiety. He's already stunned them by washing their feet. He's predicted the betrayal by Judas and the denial by Peter. Yet not far from their memories was Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead. Crowds that had heard what Jesus had done and were cheering his entrance on Palm Sunday. Now here it is days later and there's just this unsettling and disquieting thing in the room. Jesus speaking of his death. Jesus also knows that despite all that he had said and done, after all the signs that pointed to his being much more than just a teacher, more than a philosopher, more than the expectations that had ever envisioned of him as a king, as a messiah, whatever certitude they thought they had about who Jesus was, It was going to be tested, and sadly, the vast, vast majority of them would fail. 
Remarkably, though, knowing all this, Jesus speaks words that are meant to quell their immediate fears, but even more to reverberate thousands of years later. Do not let your hearts be troubled, he begins. There is an immediacy about that where we hear him casting out the fear of that moment. But knowing that believers would still have to contend with this this battle between life and death that began in the Garden of Eden and would still be waged in our day and time, Jesus also knows that his victory transcends all time and space. And so do his words. Do not let your hearts be troubled. That's more than just trying to be comforting or consoling. That's more than just wishful thinking. Or rather, I should say, they can be more than comforting and consoling and more than just wishful thinking if we take to heart the rest of what Jesus says. I am the way, the truth, and the life. What exactly does that mean? I am the way. Jesus is telling us to follow him. I am the truth. He alone holds the secret workings behind the whole universe, the yearnings of the human heart. I am the life. The one who raised Lazarus from the dead, the one who himself would rise from the dead to never die again. He gives life to all those deepest longings that we hold that we can't even articulate. His light dispels every kind of darkness. In the face of his own death, Jesus is speaking about our lives, how to live them now, how to experience eternal life with him. That was what was and is his mission for all humanity, to come to know and to love him and experience the eternal loving embrace of our Heavenly Father. Could there be anything more essential? 